All right, hello and welcome to our first ever episode. Sorry, there's a lot of live things going to be happening here. Our first ever episode of uh, Pastoral Ramblings, the official podcast of Valley Christian Fellowship. Is that what we're calling it? I don't know. I just made that up on my mind. What do you think of that? Eh, it could work. We could pass all ramblings. We could we could do something. It'd be some PR, right? Some uh, public relations for, for us. I don't know. I, I thought about a name, but all I know is whatever our name is, I want it to be the official podcast of Valley Christian Fellowship. Official. Official. That's right. So anyway, my as, name is... As opposed to those unofficial ones that are floating about. I th- we might have some unofficial ones out there. I don't know. You know how easy it is for two guys to just start a podcast? You just get a computer and start recording things. And so there might be a, an unofficial Valley podcast out there somewhere. We'll watch out for that. Yeah. So anyway, my name is Andrew. If I haven't met you yet, I'm the associate pastor here. And uh, with me today is... Mike Freeman. Yeah, that's right. Our pastor. Our, our big dog. Our big dog pastor. <laughs> So, Mike, I uh, thank you for joining me on this adventure of podcasting. This is fun. It's yeah. exciting. Yeah. So, what what are your experiences with podcasts? I I listen to a lot of podcasts. Did you ever listen to mine? I listen to maybe ten minutes of yours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what ten minutes to listen to, but it's probably offensive. I'm sorry. Whatever it was. <laughs> oh no, not offensive. Just okay. not my. Uh, just not not up my alley. Yeah. Well, that's we're done with it. So you know, it's we're hopefully this will be up our alley. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm excited because I know the podcasts you listen to are very different from the podcasts I listen to. So uh, I'm just happy to, I'm excited to see what kind of creativity uh, we'll breed together as we bring different worldviews and perspectives into, into this one thing. How would you describe the difference between the podcasts you listen to and the ones I listen to? Uh, I would, I would describe yours as productive and edifying (laughs) and I would, I would classify mine as unproductive but highly entertaining. Okay. Is what I would listen. That's fair. Yeah. So that's probably what our podcast is going to be a mix of. Hopefully. I, I actually, I, highly entertaining and productive. I hope that ours, yes, I hope ours are just, uh, just super good. I'm not even sure who's going to be listening to this. I know maybe two other people in our church that actually listen to podcasts, but you know, we'll, we'll promote the heck out of this. So, so before we jump into this, I wanted to do uh, some announcements and news. We have an event coming up, Mike, and I was wondering if you could explain a little bit about what it is and uh, who, who's all welcome to come to this. Yeah. So the, the end of the month, we've got our second Valley Forward, which is really a, it's a training event for ministry leaders and for really anyone that gets involved in ministry at Valley. It's uh, a way for someone to jump on board entry level and even a way for people to hone their skills if they're, they're really kind of leading a ministry themselves. Uh, I'm excited about this next one because we're going to we're going to aim some things at um, kind of like time management and life management. How do you how do you juggle everything that you're trying to get done between ministry and work and family and, and pursuits and hobbies and all those different pieces? What does it look like to actually um, manage all that in a way that, that keeps you from going insane? Awesome. So if I'm hearing you correctly, this is for not just ministry leaders, but people who are serving in the ministry or would, would anybody who's just interested in, in ministry, could they come to this as well? Really anyone could come to this and I think it would be helpful for them. Okay. So I know we've done one in the past. Can you kind of walk me through what this night will look like in your mind? Yeah. So, uh, we'll, we'll start together with, uh, with kind of a, a, the night really would begin with with everyone gathered together and we will spend some time just casting some vision for what ministry looks like at Valley, how we all get engaged. And then we will 
really aim things at that productive side of things and like, how do you manage life? How do you manage your time? How do you manage your energy? And then from there, we'll do some breakout sessions into the individual ministries that are going to be represented there. Children's ministry will have a breakout. Youth ministry will usually our welcome team, our hospitality team, our security team, all of those different teams that use that night to, to have a team meeting. Awesome. Thanks for the reminder that I have a breakout group. I will need to work on that. So, all right. So that's coming up at the end of this month. Uh, by the time this recording is out, probably like probably within a week or two mm-hmm. of that. So, and, and that's going to be at the Pacific Way Campus, correct? Pacific Way Campus. Excellent. Excellent. So Mike, I, I brought you in this room and I wanted to start this with you and I wanted to start this podcast with probably a foundational conversation. I know our mission statement says that we are a gospel driven church. I got a question for you. So there's a story um, from the explicit gospel. Are you, are you familiar with that book? Matt? Yeah. Matt? Yeah, okay. An amazing book. There's a story that Chandler starts off with and it's about he's sitting there and there's a, a baptism service happening and there's a lady who was previously a Wiccan and someone who was a Buddhist. They're getting baptized. But then then those 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 baptisms are a cause for celebration, but then person after person after person has the same story. And it's a story of someone who has been going to church their entire lives, but has never heard the gospel until recently, and they finally given have given their their, their lives to Jesus. What why is the gospel so important? I mean, like what 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 are your feelings? I guess, what are, what, are, what are your thoughts on people attending church and never actually hearing the gospel or even just completely missing the point on what church is about? Right. So uh, that resonates with me deeply. I've actually, I, I've seen baptism services where uh, someone has shared their story and as they've shared their story in pre- preparation for baptism, they haven't even mentioned Jesus. And it was really aimed at like God changing them. And and they had lots of good things to say, uh, but they missed the point that Jesus's death and resurrection is the foundation of everything. And, and it, that was hard to watch. It hurt my heart to see that because you, you just want a baptism service to be a service of such celebration because of who Jesus is and what he's done. And I think that the the gospel just gets, it gets overshadowed in so many ways in the church and in ministry and in life. Um, because there's all these other good things that we do as a church, all these other important things that, that are valuable and vital to ministry and to life. Uh, being a good person is one of them. And so, so oftentimes we think, okay, well, I'm a Christian and I go to church and, and I'm a good person. And we see that it's all built on my ability to be good or my ability to, to find some willpower to change instead of really realizing it, it's that that's not what the gospel is. You and I agree with you 100%. There was a lot said just now. Let's, let's, if you don't mind, I want to, I guess, break it down a little bit. So you talked about like a baptism service where someone has not even mentioned Jesus. And to be honest with you, we, when we've done, we've done baptism services here at Valley, I've been the person to uh, do a lot of screening. There have been a couple of people we've said, no, we're not going to baptize you because you, you don't understand what it's about. And it's hard. There are some people who, when you ask them point blank, you know, what, what has Jesus done for you or who is Jesus? What is the gospel? They'll tell you the right answers. But when they go to tell the story 
of their conversion, I guess. Or uh, yeah, yeah, they don't mention Jesus at all. Why is it so important to mention Jesus? Yeah. So w- without Jesus, there is no gospel, right? Correct. Yeah. And so I, I guess it would be worth our time to to be clear. What what is the gospel? Yeah. And and so uh, a, a very just simple way to think about it. But, but if we're going to talk about the gospel, we've got to make sure it's clear in our minds. And so the gospel is, is this incredible truth that, that God made us. We are his creation. He made us to know him, to walk in his likeness, to be, we've been made in his image in relationship with him. But, but in that, just like Adam and Eve chose to turn their back and rebel into sin, every single person has done the exact same thing. We've all rebelled. We've all said, God, I'm going to do it my way, which is, which is sin. In in doing that, we break that relationship that we were designed to have with God. That relationship's broken, and and there's nothing we can do to fix it. It's like the the deepest, darkest red wine spilt on the purest, cleanest, whitest carpet, and and it sits there, and it sits there, and it sits there. And when you get around to try to clean it, no matter how much bleach, no matter how much cleaner you use, that stain is permanent. There's nothing you can do to clean it. And so the gospels, it it begins beautifully. God makes us to know him. And then it turns towards tragedy really quickly because we, we have broken a relationship. We are, we're separated from God. We're going to be separated for all eternity. This is heaven and hell at stake. We're going to be separated for all eternity and there's nothing we can do about it. And it's hopeless if it rests on me. But that's why Jesus is so important. This is why it's important to mention Jesus because God sends Jesus and Jesus does what we didn't do. He lives a perfect life. He never, ever sins. He, he lives in complete obedience to his father. And then he gets arrested. He gets unjustly tried. He's falsely accused. He's whipped and beaten, drugging outside the city limits, hung on a cross, until he dies. And that death is, is the death uh, that's unjust for him. He, he didn't deserve it, but it, it's the death that I deserved and that you deserve, that all of us deserve because of that rebellion and sin. He dies for us. He's buried and by God's power, he's, he's brought back to life. He's resurrected. And the scripture says everyone who believes that, anyone who believes that, they're given a new life. They're given a new heart. They're made right with God. They are saved that's the gospel so and that that is a powerful powerful story and i want to dive in a little bit deeper of that application to the church but if i'm hearing you correctly we want to mention jesus because it's almost for certain that if someone doesn't mention jesus in their conversion or their their testimony it's highly possible that they are relying on their own works or they're kind of that mentality of pulling up their bootstraps and, and getting right with God. And they're trying to like, I'm going to quit smoking or I'm going to quit beating my kids or something. That's pretty intense. Sorry. But like, but you know what I mean? Like they're going to do this big moral change. And if I'm hearing you correctly, the gospel isn't about us making a huge change. It's a, it's a, about a surrender and acceptance of Jesus. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. I mean, uh, Jesus says in, in Mark chapter one, he says the kingdom of heaven is near. So repent and believe mm-hmm. the gospel. Right. And, and I think that it's, it's even more subtle than just someone saying like, I'm going to stop smoking by my willpower. There, there, there are people that are you know, they, 
they think they're really good hearted people and they love the idea of the church and doing good. They want to do good and they do good in the name of doing good instead of doing good in the name of the gospel. Can I, can I share a story? Maybe you'll publish it. Maybe you won't. But, uh, in Longview, it wasn't long until I was here and I, I met with just someone not part of Valley, but someone in town, they wanted to, to pitch an idea to me. I've told you this story before. <laughs> yeah. I was actually, I was going to bring this up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, Let's and, go here. And it, it, again, they wanted to do something really good for the community. Right. And they were doing it under a church umbrella. They're, they're do, talking churchy language. Mm-hmm. And so I sat with them and I, I heard them out and great ideas and all that. And and I, I said, well, I, I, I'd like to see how this connects to the gospel. And so I just asked them like point blank, like, so, so what is the gospel? And it was like a deer in headlights. And this was a, a, a young guy who could not articulate that he is saved by faith in Jesus and his death and resurrection. Now, I imagine there was belief in there somewhere. I think that maybe it might have been a lack of ability to articulate. I don't know. I mean, I don't get to judge a heart, but but it was it was disheartening for sure that this is someone who's trying to move and shake in the church world and do good things. And it's it was built on teaching people to be good people instead of teaching people to believe in Jesus and his death and resurrection. You know, that was an interesting story because I remember I, I heard that uh, from both sides, that story from both sides. I heard I heard what you had asked and then uh, I had heard their response to it, that question uh, on, from their perspective. And I think what I what I love about what you ask is that for me to be an associate pastor here at Valley, even if I was just a youth pastor, any any ministry leader, if if churches of true, genuine churches are about the work of God, then we are about the gospel. So uh, you would think that's like, a, uh, it's not even a recommendation. It, it is a requirement that we're able to articulate the gospel, not to say that it's bad if you can't, but you need to be able to grow into that, right? That should be a priority to be able to do so. Exactly. And if I'm hearing you correctly, any, any ministry, any church work that we do should be, should be, be, clearly connected back to the gospel or else we're just doing good works. Yeah. I mean, here's a great way to think about it. If we, if we do good things for people and we have a a massive benevolence budget and we do tons of community service and, and all of it is in the name of doing good works, what happens when these people we've loved so, so generously with things when, when they, when they die and they stand before God. Yeah. Um, now, this doesn't mean that everything we do, we're hang, holding up billboards and waving signs. I think that we have to be led by the spirit in, in how and when we share, right? People aren't just a project that we're just like trying to cram the gospel into them. There, there's a relational dynamic and man, we can be friends with everyone and, and kind to everyone and serve everyone and, and just be wise about how is God leading me in these conversations and these friendships, knowing that, that what this person needs more than help with their, their utility bill, what this person needs more than, uh, you know, financial counseling or marriage counseling, what the, what this school needs more than a, a new coat of paint or anything like this, what they need more than any of that is, is to know Jesus and his death and resurrection. And people don't, don't get us wrong. Cause I think Mike, if I'm hearing you correctly, this is about, Good works are good works, but we can never divorce those from an eternal perspective. People who are helping someone with their electric bill, helping someone feed their family, those are all good things. But at the end of the day, if they're if they're if they're burning alive in a uh, 
in a fire, right? We got to get them out of there. That's the kind of the illustration that some people use oftentimes. Like there's a building, it's on fire, and you can run in there. And man, maybe this guy's laundry is uh, it's done. You got to rotate the laundry. Like, yeah, we could help him do that. But right now, we got to get him out of the house because that's it's it's all coming down. And the pendulum can swing the other way too, uh, because you know I've seen this as well. Like a church is offering a a community meal, right? And the community meal comes with the asterisk next to it. You have to attend their service afterward. Right. And I, I think that that's like uh, bait and switch, like forcing something. And that's we don't want to force it. Right. We don't want to hoodwink anyone or manipulate anyone. We don't want to say, hey, we'll do this for you if you listen to this or if you think this way. We, we will help and serve in any way we we can in a reasonable way as a church and even sometimes sacrificially. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, like those results, we, we, we don't try to manipulate them or, or force that into people. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, uh, of an event that I've been a part of that's done that. Cause I, I, I mean, I've, I've been doing church work for a long time and people have done that. I, I always get really, I always feel dirty when I'm part of doing something for the kingdom of God, quote unquote. And it is a bait and switch like, Oh, Hey, we're going to like help you with this or whatever. But if you're going to participate in this, you have to come to our service or you have to let me like tell you about Jesus right now. You have like, and we're just cramming it down people's throats. And that's, I hate that. I, I think the, the, what we're trying to say is we want to be upfront about the gospel, yeah. but not forceful with the gospel. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. So I wanted to kind of pivot from this conversation then. If, if, if there are so many people who have been, who are attending churches and never heard the gospel, that means there's there's a highly, there's, there's a huge possibility that people are attending even our own church and they're not saved. We might assume that they're saved. We, they might even assume they might themselves think that they're saved. But I know that like when you shared with me the conversation that you had about another individual, uh, about whether or not they could articulate the gospel, um, it actually made me realize that I assume a lot that the people I see in and out day to day from different churches or even my own church, I'm always assuming their salvation. But really, there's a huge possibility that people, they know the language, they've been around it, but there isn't an actual surrender to the gospel. There isn't an actual um, conversion, I guess. What are your, I guess, what are your thoughts on that? What do you, uh, does that scare you at all? Yeah, they, these are Jesus's images, right? He talks about someone who goes and, and plants their field and then in the night, then he comes and plants weeds all around it. Yeah. And, uh, and the weeds and then the, the wheat grow up side by side until harvest. And, uh, and a lot of ways that's, that's how you can view some of what's happening in the church. Now, I, I think it's unwise to say no one's saved in the church. I also think it's unwise to say everyone's saved in the church. In fact, I think a healthy church has people that are coming who have yet to believe the gospel and, and the church is a healthy place where we're loving toward everyone. And so people feel welcomed, even if they, they've yet to believe. And so uh, I guess back to your question, I, man, there, there, there may very well be people, I mean, in Valley or, or in other churches, good churches that, that think they're, they're insiders, think they, they have a relationship with God, but they've got a faulty foundation. It's not built on Jesus's death and resurrection. It's built on a maybe, yeah, I believe in Jesus and, and, you know, and because I'm a good person or I believe in Jesus and I do these good things, or maybe it's not even really about Jesus. It's just about a moral code or, you know, I'm, I'm better than my neighbors or I go to church or I give to church or I serve at church. All of these things can can influence how we think versus realizing all these things flow out of the gospel, but they actually don't cause our salvation. 
you know, you, you said that some people like they, they come and they believe in Jesus and they do good works. And, and in that they think that they're saved. And I, I just now I was thinking to myself, but which Jesus do you believe in? The true, the true the Jesus that we see in scripture or like the image that we create for ourselves. It's, it's always frustrating for me, I guess, as a, as a teacher at, or a preacher when, um, we're teaching the word of God and people say, Oh, I don't agree with that. My Jesus wouldn't do X, Y, or Z. And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? It's right here. It's right here in, in the Bible. I don't understand where this disconnect is. And when I, when I meet, when I meet people like that, do you think it's fair to say that they're probably not saved? Am I being too judgmental for saying something like that? Yeah. I mean, I, before you started sharing, I, I was thinking, man, I, this can almost come off feeling pretty judgy. And I, I don't think that's our heart and our goal. And, and the hard part about a podcast, this medium is we're not face to face with someone. Right. If I'm face to face, someone talking through these issues, I'm able to ask questions and, and, you know, read them and understand where they are in ways that you, you can really be gentle. And so we're just chopping it up between two guys. And so someone might be listening to this thinking, oh, my goodness, that's that's really judgy. But but it's not actually us that that service judges. It, it's the scripture. And the scriptures talks about the gospel in such a clear way. It says that the gospel is is the power for salvation, right? And so it's that that's why this is so important. And that's why we we really got to be careful with not diminishing the value of the gospel, not overshadowing the gospel with with ministry or church life, not forgetting the gospel or or highlighting something as greater than the gospel because this is where the power of salvation is. Do you have you ever questioned your own salvation? Absolutely. Okay. I, I, I have two. And actually, I, I guess I'd, I'd be willing to share this. Maybe I'd like your input on this. Because um, there, there are signs of salvation, right? Fruit of the Spirit and all these things. I, I remember in, in college, um, I, was, I was really wrestling with like, man, how do I know I'm saved? Because I think that's a fair question. I think you should, if you, if you take the moment to ask yourself that, then that's a pretty healthy thing. I think if you're, if you've lived your life, quote unquote, as a Christian, you've never asked yourself whether or not you're saved. You've questioned it. You might be blind. You might be just living your life and not really thinking about what scripture lays out. But anyway, I I think about things like, uh, being able to hear and be in tune with the spirit of God, just like having the, the, if the Holy spirit is our teacher, right? And he's like the gift that seals our salvation. We should, there's a, there's a level of insight that we receive from, from the word. And as we commune with him and that kind of like, that's what reassures me of my own salvation. Because the truth is like, I, as a, even as a, as a pastor, man, I sin, I mess up, you know, and uh, I, I've shared with you my own struggles. I share with like Vinny and other, other people. And there are moments where I'm like, what the heck, man? am I even saved? Do I need to accept Jesus? Yeah. And I think there's a repentance. Like I need to turn back to Jesus right now. Mm-hmm. But for me, I've always, uh, I've always leaned back into like, okay, I know that the spirit of God whispers to my heart. I, I there's some, there's some things that I, that God has taught me that I, I'd only be aware of these things. If the spirit of God has shown me these things. And because I know that that's the spirit of God, then I, I feel like I'm sealed to the day of redemption. What, what do you, I, am I off base on that? Yeah, I what think what you're referring to is, you know, Romans eight talks about how his spirit testifies with our spirit, right? That we are children of God. We cry out, Abba father. Right. And I think that in those moments of, uh, of sinfulness and really 
of, of subtle selfishness is what it, what it ends up being for, for me, right? That on the ex and the exterior, I can look like I'm doing everything right, but I can know my motives could be wrong or be selfish. And, and those are those moments where I'm like, do you really, you know, are you really walking with Christ? And that this is where, uh, this is where we preach the gospel to ourselves, which is really what you were just talking about doing where we remind ourselves, it is not by my good works. It's not by my ability to be faithful. It's not by my faithfulness. It's by Jesus. It's by his faithfulness It's because of his death. These sins have have been covered over. They've been washed clean. They've been paid for. I've been given this new heart, not because of something I did, but because of his grace. And so in those moments of doubt, in those moments of, of struggle, this is that, that power of assurance and the assurance flows out of remembering the gospel preaching it to yourself, having faithful men and women around you who, who remind you of this, who go back to scripture with you and say, this is what Jesus has done for you. Believe. I, you know, we kind of, we kind of had a loose topic. We, the topic was just gospel coming into this. But as I think about the flow of the conversation right now, Mike, what would you say to someone who came to you right now and says, Mike, I, uh, I am, I am questioning my, my salvation right now. What, what, what should I do about this? What can I, what can be done about this? Yeah. So I I would start by asking them some questions. Well, Well, obviously why what's going on in your life that's making you feel that way. Tell me about when, when you started to believe in Jesus, what do you believe about Jesus? And I'd start to just gently question and, and walk them through some reflection built on the scripture. And, and hopefully we would land at a spot where they, they really are able to turn their attention toward who Christ is and what he's done to, to believe afresh and, and uncover whatever those things going on in their lives that they need to repent of are and, and figure out what, what does it look like literally to turn away from that and to turn toward Christ. Um, there, there is so much encouragement, even in our struggle, even in our, in our faithlessness, when we, when we really do turn toward Christ. What would you say? Okay. So there was a story of a pastor when, when I was in Bible college, um, supposedly this is a real story. And I, I believe this probably happens a lot more often than we, we realize, but there is a story of a man who, uh, who became a pastor. He went to a kind of a more of a liberal Bible college for a while. And he was teaching the Bible. He was teaching good works to his congregation. And then one night in preparing for the message, he, it just hit him hard and he realized like, man, I've never understood it until just now. And even as a pastor, he realized that he had never accepted the gospel and he felt ashamed. He felt ashamed that he had been leading these people and all these things. So what would you say to a person right now who maybe has taken the time to kind of think about like, man, I've been a part of church my entire life. I've, I've sung on the worship team or I've touched, taught Sunday school, but in listening to this, I've, I have, you know, I've been thinking a little bit more about what the gospel is in my own life. And now, now they realize they've never accepted the gospel and they kind of feel ashamed about that. What should they feel ashamed about? What, what, how should they respond to that yeah. kind of conviction in their heart? Great question. I, I think that story of that pastor is a beautiful story because that pastor came to a crossroads where they had to admit that yeah. and confess it or they could have buried it and continued doing what they were doing just normal everyday ordinary business and that moment of of publicly confessing 
and proclaiming their need for Christ is so powerful. And, and so what I would say to someone who is maybe wrestling with, maybe I've never actually believed the gospel. Maybe I've believed churchy stuff and Jesus-y stuff, but never really placed my faith, my confidence in the death and resurrection of Jesus. I think in this moment, the Lord could be calling that person and, and the worst thing they could do is to bury it and to cover it up and, and hide it like it's something to be ashamed of. Instead, the best thing they could do is to, to turn to a friend, a trusted believer and say, I, I, I think I've, I, I've been on the outside and acting like an insider. I'm ready to come inside and trust Jesus. That would be beautiful. Cause I, I think I remember hearing that story and the story does go on that in it, it was that person came to that realization in their sermon prep and then confessed it to their congregation and gave an opportunity for people in their own congregation to kind of identify and wake, wake and wake up like, you know what? I've been in the same boat. And in that moment in their hearts, uh, people came to know the Lord. And if that were to be the case for anyone listening to this, man, it, it, it's, it shouldn't be a thing of shame, right? I, I've known for my own life, like the moment I have realizations and I'm just honest with people, it usually tends to inspire others to be honest and to c- kind of question for themselves. So I, I, I really do hope that someone eventually listens to this, if you know, if we ever publish this. <laughs> Think about that word shame, though, because it reminds me of Romans one sixteen, right? Where Paul says what? I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for salvation, right? In that moment, if, if someone's listening to this and they're saying, maybe I haven't believed they, they have an opportunity to not be ashamed, to not be ashamed of the gospel. And as it's being applied to their life right now, and just to say, this is where I am. This is where I've been. And, and I'm turning toward Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I like that because when I was thinking of shame, I was thinking of shame as like, man, I've been, I've been this, I've been this, I've been this, and I've been, a, I've been a hypocrite. And now you feel ashamed of it, but really you're focusing on you and what you've done when really you should turn and focus on Christ. Cause if you come to that realization, you're focusing on what Christ has done right there and then. And so we should just continue to give glory and point to, to Jesus. That's, mm-hmm. that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. So Mike, we are about 23 minutes into this section of that. Is there anything else that you'd like to share that comes to mind when, when you're thinking about the gospel in churches? I think that we've got to be careful not to just use the language and and forget the meaning behind it okay but 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 in that we can we can never talk about this enough we we can never uh i guess slow down or or ease off the gas pedal when it comes to the gospel the gospel when we talk about valley being gospel driven it, it has to drive everything it has to touch everything that that's that's how lives get changed yeah you know i i like that well, Mike, I think that's per- that's it for our first episode. Unless you have anything else you want to do, great. good. Yeah, that was it's a solid twenty four minutes uh, plus our our ad lib in- intro. Thanks for listening to uh, Pastoral Ramblings. Uh, I guess in the future, if, if anybody, because um, it'd be cool to kind of do a letter section. If anyone ever wants to email in, or, oh, yeah, or any of that stuff, uh, if you go to our church, you could text us. I guess individually and we'll, we'll read some questions on on the air but also um we have a a, 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 a an email address you could email us connect at vcflongview.org and uh, i check that periodically i guess more regularly now but uh if people want to ask any questions yeah, i guess we're on facebook too yeah you can check us out on facebook check us out there and uh just let us know what you think so uh so yeah i think that's it then thanks for listening all right bye i hope that was a good like exit <laughs>